welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again today with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hi, everybody. There she is, and we're back again for another episode, uh, another opportunity to sit and discuss uh, Christian living. So, yay, we're we're excited. We, uh, we've had some uh, recent developments and things that have happened and really sparked some conversation between ourselves, um, continuing on with different topics and ideas um, that relate to Christian living. Um, so what are we talking about today? Why do you put me on the spot this way? Because yeah, I want to make you discuss this. Earlier. I want to make you talk more. Why I think people want to hear you more than they want to hear me. I highly doubt that. I would hope so. So anyway, I think the we had discussed our topic was going to be centered around um, assembling together. So I'm not even sure what I'm going to title this episode um, yet. But it's really going to be about assembling together as believers in Christ. Um, I think this really stems from, uh, we had some friends come over, uh, would have been yesterday, um, from Florida. They came up to visit. They're up here for Sukkot this week and, uh, they stopped by the house and, and Natasha hadn't met them before. Um, uh, but they're old friends of mine. The last time I had saw them was three years ago, really share a lot of the same, um, ideas and a lot of the same outlook when it comes to a relationship with God. So it was really a, a wonderful time. We just had a great time with them. We talked about, I think we talked about the Lord the whole time we were together, um, really because I think that's the passion that we all have is um, living that life uh, unto God for what he's done for us. And I think um, when, it, when we come to assembling ourselves together, as the book of Hebrews describes, um, it goes through and it talks about um, Jesus becoming the Passover lamb. It talks about the order of Melchizedek um, and how he has the authority as a high priest. Um, and then it talks about all those things that were that, that are discussed in the previous chapters uh, kind of come up together that uh, believers should be wanting to get together and that they should, uh, every time they have the opportunity to get together, they should. And it says, you know, not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Um, and we've covered that some in the past before, and I really think that has in relationship to Passover, uh, the feast holidays. Um, Sukkot is getting ready to start, actually started this evening. This is the 13th. Is that today? It is. So at 6 p.m. this evening, Sukkot would have started for this week. It's seven days, and we're just joying in the Lord um, over this period. But um, so we really don't want to forsake those things, uh, those times together. And so a lot of groups, a lot of different uh, Messianic congregations and people across the United States and the world are gathering together, and they're they're going out and they're celebrating this week together. Um, because there's a lot of community that, that comes from that togetherness being together. And we know the scripture says that we're a part of the body of Christ. Uh, it describes that some of the hands and some of the feet and some of the eyes. So there's m- many different functions of the body of Christ, but we're all brothers and sisters. Um, and I think it, um, in relations to getting together, uh, I think it's something that we as believers should desire. Well, I think you keep saying get together, but I think when we discussed this topic earlier, we were talking about going to church. Well, I think I want to be... Because I I think that the the verse that you're using, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together, as mm, the thing that they beat you about the head with. Right. And, And you know, if you've listened to this podcast and you've heard a previous episode, you know I strongly believe the scripture says... There's now, therefore, no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And so I don't think we as believers should lay condemnation at each other's foot or at each other's feet 
because we don't think somebody is being as holy as we want them to be. As Christian as we right, think and that so um, and this came up this week too. But but I, I agree with you on that. I, I mean, I was going to a church one time, and I just got into the Hebraic root studies, and I started studying the history of the Jewish people and how does it relate to the scriptures. And there were some things I started having issues with. And uh, I remember I I decided, you know what, this I, I really like the church, I really like these people, but this is not where I really feel like my heart is and where God wants me to be. So I had wrote a letter and I said, hey, um, I'm probably just not going to be coming there anymore. Um, I'm just going to move on. Uh, the Lord's taking me in a direction. And I got a letter back. And the very first thing in the letter was, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, which offers the manner of some. Yes. I and, and, and it was that whole, it was a whole long, I think one of the deacons wrote me a letter saying, you know, brother, you shouldn't be forsaking the body. And, and I wasn't forsaking the body of Christ at all. Um, and it's, you know, they say, well, there's that local congregation. You know what? We go through this and there's plenty of episodes before where I've told you that in Greek it is ekklesia and it means congregation. That's what it means in the Hebrew. It was translated to the word church. And over the last 2000 years, every church and every denomination and every group out there has really tried to, um, bring people in, which is what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, there's been some condemnation that's been laid at people's feet because you didn't come Sunday morning or you missed church on Wednesday or you, you know, you weren't there. You weren't there to give. You weren't there to participate. Um, Regardless of the reason why. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really, yeah, exactly, because you weren't honoring the Lord's day, whatever, you know. So, um, and that's not at all what we should be doing, in my opinion. I mean, this is honestly, this is just, a, this podcast is probably more my opinion than any podcast we've it's done. It's very subjective. It is. But this is just my opinion. And I know there's people who are going to come back with different verses and different scripture and everybody's going to throw something up. And I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? So people have lives and, and we've explained this. The world is like Egypt and we are in Egypt. And until Christ comes and takes us out of this place, we have to, in some regards, abide by the rules that are given to us. So some of us, I tend to work every Sunday um, and it's really how my job is structured. I don't really have a lot of choice in that. Um, and there, and there's a lot of people out there. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you, you work every Sunday, then you understand. Um, but they would say, if you really are, are convicted, then you need to find a job that allows I, you to not work on Sundays. Absolutely. There's a, but, I say the same again, thing about Sabbath, but again, it depends on what your definition of Sabbath is. Sure. Is it exactly. Saturday or well, is it Sunday? And it's just, it's just a whole myriad. You just of sent me. You sent me a link today. Natasha sent me a link to the top thirty richest pastors, religious people in the world. And uh, Joel Osteen, his him and his wife are both on there. They both make more than a hundred million dollars a year. Um, a Creflo, I think Creflo Dollar was on there. I don't remember. T.D. Jakes is on there. Um, there's just a lot of uh, Charles Stanley's on there. A million and a half. I mean, the, it listed generally what these people are making every year. And I'm going to say that, and I like Charles Stanley, but there's there's it's easy when you're in a position of leadership and you have an income coming in. Um, or if you're dependent upon people showing up, it's easy to say to those people, you need to be here. I need you here. You've got to be here. You know I mean? And, and I'm not saying that, I, that pastors and preachers look at people as money. No, because I know there's the ultimate idea that we want to, uh, make disciples of one another. We want to lead people down a path, but at the same time, we're laying condemnation at their feet because they missed the service. And it's ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. God is not, when we get to heaven, one thing you'll never find in the scripture, nobody's ever going to find it. And you'll never show it to me. You'll never prove it to me. There's no litmus test or litmus test. I said it wrong. I said, oh, I said it like I'm special. <laughs> there's, 
There's no test in, in, in the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, the the uh, any of it. There's no. He's not going to say you were uh, you went to church 321 days and you could have gone 462. So therefore, you, I can't let you yeah, in. Yeah, you might not love me as much as you know. And honestly, so uh, this is the problem with American Christianity is that we're too busy thinking that if we give God one day a week, the rest of them are ours. Yeah, and that's what we strive to not really right. be that way, and it's to not, be it every day. But it all comes back to, again, and, and the whole purpose of this episode is to talk about the wonderfulness of gathering together. So I don't want you to take it, it from listening to this podcast that we're disparaging going to church. I'm not. No, um, because I, I think there are people who get a lot from that. And that's, absolutely. that's cool. But I don't, I don't know that it's right. I don't know. It's it's tough. We're it's very conflicting. We're very Hebraic roots minded, and and there's very few congregations here in North Carolina that we could attend. They're very far away, um, and it's 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 tough because you want to find somebody who kind of um, who's going to teach. We want people who are going to teach us and feed us and give us more and help us understand the Word of God and explain it to us and you know really uh, help us build that relationship with God. And I think um, so many times I went to churches since I've been young, and I have seen it time and time again where people are showing up because it is a social function or they're showing up because they don't have any depth in their life and they need somebody to tell them what to do. And I honestly think that happens a lot. Um, for all the, we've had comments this week on some of the episodes from people who are ranging from one person that I think was a, um, was a Satanist who really thought Satan was a good guy to somebody else who was just completely, I don't know, was confusing me because I don't know rails. what the guy was talking. But, but it was this idea that Churches tried to manipulate people. And over the history of, yes, the Catholic Church, I'm sorry, if you go back and look at the history of Catholic Church, it's pretty bad. Um, there was a time where they were selling these things called indulgences, and you could prepay for sins that you were going to do. It, it, it was ridiculous. Um, there was a lot of persecution. There were there were uh, witch trials. There was all kinds of things. The the Inquisitions and all the, I mean, just everything. They held up a cross, and they went in, and they, they killed people that didn't convert. It, it's a part of history. It's a very ugly part of history. Um, and they were very concise about um, controlling the scriptures. The Bible they had would be chained to a pulpit, and the only person who could read it would be the the priest. They wouldn't let the average person read it. This is why when Gutenberg and all these translators came along and they and he modernized the printing press, it really sent that whole world into a schism because now the average man was going to be able to have a copy of the Bible. And this was a problem because that was an opportunity to control people. Right. And I'm not saying that modern churches today do the same thing. But I'm saying we do take doctrines and issues in the scriptures, little things that we see along the way, and we throw them out at people's feet. And we, at times, it seems that we want to say you're failing. You're, you're not doing it like you're supposed to. I, uh, you know, I've always had the saying that you're only as good as your next mistake. Right. And it's it's, and it's the same concept, really. You know, we had somebody this week, I was a friend of ours uh, was posting on Facebook, and he was talking about Christian curse words. Um, and so in America, there's there's really bad curse words, and then there are things that other pe Christians might say. They substitute. Right. Substitute similar a word. sounding sounds, words. Sounds similar, but it's not as ugly and offensive. It means the same thing comes because it comes out of the heart, and it's, you know, the mouth is uttering what the heart feels. And so the question was, 
was is, um, is this bad? Should Christians do this? And I commented on there is that there are people out there who are struggling. We're, we're, there are plenty of believers out there who are some people God saved from everything in their life and they didn't, they immediately turned away from it all. And then there's people out there that are struggling. They struggle with life. They struggle with sin. They struggle with things. They've given it to God, but they're, you know, Paul was this person. If you want to sit there and say, well, we, it should all go away when you get saved. Okay. Well, what happened to Paul? Cause Paul was saying, there's this thing that's struggling in my flesh and I've asked you to take it away, Lord. I've asked you many times that, but I'm going to have to keep struggling with it. So I'm going to, str- you know, he was going to fight the fight. And that's what it's, that's what we need to do. We need to understand that even though, um, the world around us, right. Christians around us, people that we know and love, uh, we can't hold them all to the standard that we hold ourselves to because everyone's not fighting fair. a different fight. Right. Honestly. So when it comes to con- congregating and when it comes to getting get together with other believers, um, I think it's really important to understand that a lot of those first congregations were in homes. Um, the early church, as we call it, which is the early body of Christ, um, they really gathered together in their homes and they met together. They would, uh, you know, at, if you read Paul, Paul was going into the synagogue, even after Christ had been crucified, he would go into the synagogue on Sabbath. He would listen to the Torah portion being read, and then he would stand up and he would explain to them how Jesus, Yeshua was the Messiah based on this Torah portion. Here's what, here's what the Torah has said. And here's what Yeshua did. Um, so it's a very, this idea of, of communal, um, oneness in Christ, you know, being one in Christ as he is in the father is very, very important. And I think any opportunity that we have to gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ, whether it is to go to church on Sunday morning, whether it's to have them over to your house for dinner, whether it's to, um, just to, to spend time with other believers, it's always, it's very beneficial, especially if those people are really wanting to discuss and, and, openly talk about their relationship with God. Because to me, um, it's easy to get together and talk about the you know, football and NASCAR and the NBA and all these things that go on in the world, but it's very difficult. And it's very telling when you sit and talk to someone who, and you talk to them about the Lord, right? If they, you can all, it's the same thing I said about prayer. If you ask someone to pray and you notice that they're struggling to pray, then you kind of can tell that their prayer life is probably not that deep because they're, it's, it's almost that, that beginning levels, right? So same thing. If you sit and talk with, if you know somebody and you're listening to the podcast and you know, somebody's a Christian, sit down and give them 10 minutes and talk to them about the Lord. Talk to them about what he's done in your life, the way he's directed you, the way he's directing them and see what they say, see what they come back with. And the opportunity is to grow together as a family. Cause that's what we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be a family and a part of the body. And it's just, um, but families squabble sometimes. Yes, there's always that one family member at Thanksgiving when you go to visit. You just, you know, you're like, oh, I got to go eat turkey, but he's going to be there. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Right. So every family has that guy. But we, you know, we love each other. We try to love each other through Christ because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, and not just because that's what we're supposed to do. It's because we're believers. We're saved. This is our family. These are our people, right? Um, I think you bought me a shirt a while back that says, no people like my people. Right. And and Crowder. exactly and the, and and sitting and talking about the Lord with other folks that's and it was it, what was so striking is that it was so natural yeah because I think you you get to the relationship and this is what the abnormal Christian podcast is all about it's about this idea that I don't have to have this structured thing of um, I have to be in church three times a week and we have to stand up and sing right. a few songs it, it, first no, and then we have to do 
you know, yada, our relationship yada, yada. with the father through the son, our relationship with the father through the son should be lived out seven days a week, 24 hours a day, wherever we go, whenever we go, whatever we do should be lived out through Jesus. It should be lived out. So the world sees it. It should affect every single facet of our life. And, and I know a, a true believer and, and, you know, you measure that by whether somebody's born again or not, right? That's that's the measure of a true believer. Um, if they've been washed and sanctified in the blood of Jesus, that right there, if they've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, that is your true believer. That true believer is going to get aggravated when they sometimes don't get fed. Uh, it's just like a if you take a baby and you don't feed it and you withhold the bottle, you withhold the formula, whatever you're feeding it, right? And uh, it starts crying and it wants something to eat and you don't give it anything to eat, it's going to get more aggravated. Yeah, it kind of amps up right. a bit. So our spiritual life is the same way. When we have this spiritual life as a believer, if we're not feeding each other, the Bible talks and it says we're supposed to edify each other. Um, in the previous uh, two podcasts, three podcasts ago, we talked about the Jesus coming and his return. And he says that we're, we were to edify. We're supposed to encourage each other by saying he's coming. He's still coming. He's not, he's not forgotten us. He's not forgotten you. He is going to return. And so it's this idea that we're feeding each other with words of life. Cause that's what the scripture is. It is words of life. And, um, and we're trying to put that in someone else. And so the opportunities that we get to speak with our brothers and sisters need to be more, um, I think they need to be more two-way communication than anything. Collegial. Um, yeah, I, I think it's very easy. Uh, listen, there are plenty of sermons and preachers that I listen to. I go to the gym sometimes. I get on YouTube and I'll, I'll punch up a, a pastor's name and I'll listen to a sermon while I work out, which is really a lot of people are amped up on music. I'm over here listening to Can God by Harold Seitler for the ninth time because I absolutely <laughs> love that sermon um, because God can. Oh, it's so good. But uh, but there's a time for that. There's that time where we need somebody to preach the straight truth to us and somebody to remind us um, of what God's expectations are in our lives. But at the same time, there has to be time to share with others so we can understand how they're growing and how their relationship with God is changing, just like ours is. Because where I was 20 years ago is different than where I am today. It doesn't mean the scripture changed at all. It means the scripture changed me. Um, so a, a long time ago, I thought I knew a lot. And it's funny because now 20 years later, I realize I don't know as much as I think I do. Mm -hmm. And so we get these opportunities. If you get the chances and you get the opportunities to sit and talk with each other, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And it's, it's a communal thing. And that is, uh, I think if you look at the scripture, it talks about the, uh, the coming of the Lord. And when he takes us to the marriage supper of the lamb, it's not going to be me sitting on the end table by myself. I mean, it's, it's the body of Christ that's going to be there with, with all together. You know, it's every tongue and nation is standing before the throne of God and they're proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. It's going to happen. Um, so it's very behooving of us, big word, uh, as believers to want to share uh, in each other's uh, struggles and each other's victories, um, really share and talk. You know, one of the things that I think me and Natasha uh, remember most from being kids is when we were in church and there would always be that testifying time. You remember that? Yeah, it was it was interesting. Yeah, because you always I, I had don't somebody. I know that that happens much anymore. No, no, but it's it's. I'm sure there are churches out there that still do it, and it's a wonderful thing. Anytime people can get up and they can testify and they can tell what the Lord has done for them, and kind of how God has uh, changed in, in their life, and 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 where He's provided, or where they're needing, and where the Lord is just continuing to work, and um, so we have those opportunities. Well, I think you draw comfort from from seeing that there's people going through the same things or similar things than you whereas you know when you go in now you go in and sit and you sing and you listen 
Yeah. And there's not really any talking. Right. And we don't know that the and we want to believe the Lord is moving in everyone's life, but we don't sometimes know it unless they say so. And I know it's not to be a braggadocious thing, but there's times that you want to raise your hand and in, in, in the air and say, Hey, the Lord did something spectacular for me. He he blessed me in a way that I've never even thought about. Um, I was sharing with our friends who came over the other day, and I don't think I've said this, told this story on the podcast before, but uh, probably a year ago, maybe, uh, probably a year ago, I was kind of in the middle of uh, doing a lot of things, writing music, writing books, doing a lot of things, really kind of getting stressed because I was doing a lot. You were getting discouraged. Very heavily discouraged. I'm an easily emotional person. I sway. (laughs) She knows this. So my emotions kind of swing left and right sometimes. Um, really, and, and it's, it's tough because I think when you become creative and this is one reason we thank you for listening to the podcast is because when you're coming and you're trying to do something creative and people don't respond, it can be very discouraging, um, because you just don't feel like, you know, I must not be doing it right. Or I'm doing something anyway. So I was kind of doing some things and I was really discouraged and I was praying and I'm like, Lord, I, I want to do these things and I want to, I want to give them to you, but I, I just don't feel like they're going anywhere and and I'm really having a hard time. And, um, I know you love me, but it's just, it's really discouraging. And, uh, so anyway, so that's how I was feeling and I was praying. Well, on Sabbath, on Shabbat, this gentleman called me, um, and left a voicemail on my phone. I've never met this guy. I don't know who he is. Now you have to imagine if you don't know North Carolina, um, you can tell by our accents, this is kind of a Southern state. So not, not deep southern, no, but not deep southern, but enough, right? And there's not very many messianic people here in the, in the whole state of North Carolina. Um, it's not a huge thing here. So anyway, this guy calls me on uh, Friday evening on Sabbath, and he's trying to get a hold of somebody named Chad. And he says, um, "Yeah, this is weird because I'm trying to get a hold of Chad, but your voicemail says Brad." And he says, um, "I don't understand what's going on, but I just wanted to call you and tell you that Yeshua loves you." And he said, and he started singing on the voicemail, and he started singing uh, Yeshua loves Chad, and then he started singing Yeshua loves Brad Mason. And, and he just kept singing, Yeshua loves Brad Mason. He's like, I don't know who I've got, but you know, uh, this is what I, okay. So since then he has called my phone just almost every Sabbath to sing Shabbat Shalom. He sings Shabbat Shalom to me every Sabbath, leaves a voicemail. I don't even know who this guy is. But that first time he called me, I remember I, I, I listened to the voicemail and I was absolutely just struck by the sheer awesomeness of God. I mean, how close can you get to God saying yeah, I hear that you're struggling. And he sends he sent, this guy phone calls me to tell me that he you know what Yeshua loves you. He he knows your where you're at and what you're going through. And and it was just it's it's so phenomenally unlikely. It's absolutely unlikely that this is just a random speaking Hebrew. Yeah, and... <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely amazing. It's 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 honestly it's God. And um and those are the kind of things that I want to see in my life. Those are the kind of things that I see happen. Um, Natasha talks about how. At times, uh, I'll have conversations with people, and out of nowhere, somebody will just say something about the Bible to me. I mean, and it's not me prompting anyone. He just has like this magnet. Maybe on it's him my face. I don't know. I don't, makes people want to talk about they, that kind of stuff. I know, but when I don't, normally nobody wants to talk about it at all. Right. Which is which is. So the idea here is is that you, these are the things that we should be hearing each other talk about. This is what I'm talking about. This is the encouragement that I'm giving you, that God, if you're listening to the podcast, God hasn't forgotten you. Do you think he's forgotten where you're at? doesn't matter where in the world you're at and the little house you're in, the big mansion. It doesn't matter. Do you think he's forgotten you? If you're in prison and you're listening to this, do you think God has forgotten you there? 
He hasn't forgotten you. He knows exactly where you're at. And the scripture says that his hand is not too short. His arm is not too short to reach you where you are. Um, and, and these are the encouraging things you need to know that God is still moving. He, he has not stopped working. He always operates on our behalf and he is still good and he is still holy and he is still the king of the universe. I mean, for Pete's sakes, we worship the God who created everything, gave everything life. And, uh, and I think this is something that believers, we're supposed to encourage each other with these words because it's, 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 it's life to us. This is something that is absolutely life to us to know that God is still working. You know what? I, I feel down today and I don't feel great, but I know the Lord is still working because he's doing things in that person's life. So I know he's still working in mine because that is the kind of God that he is. He doesn't forget. The scripture says he's not a respecter of persons, but he loves his own children. He loves us and he has given everything for us and he won't forget us. I, I'm absolutely convinced. Uh, I think Paul even said that thoroughly convinced that there's nothing, neither height nor depth. There's nothing that can remove us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and that's, that's an awesome thing. And I think when you, when you have a, a good set of friends or believers or a congregation that is encouraging you that way and wants you to grow in the scripture and grow in the faith, it's so you can go out and you can tell other people and you can say, look what God has done for me. And this is not for my glory, but for the glory of God. Um, and so that's the encouraging thing. If you're in a good congregation, you're in a good church, that is awesome. I hope you're learning. I hope you're growing. Um, one of the things I would, people are going to get mad at me for saying this and I don't really care, but if you're in a congregation and you don't feel like you're getting fed and you don't feel like you're growing and you've been there a while, there's no hurt and there's no, no hard feelings to moving on. There's no, if you're trying to grow as a believer and you don't feel like where you're at is going to grow you, you need to get somewhere where you can grow. Um, and that, that takes prayer and that takes, uh, following the listening and the calling of the Lord. He might, you know, there, we've got people who, uh, I know people who've moved across the United States. When I was a kid, we moved so many times it was ridiculous. Um, and we left one congregation to go to another and we moved when the Lord said, move. Um, if the Lord tells you to move, then it's time to move. And it doesn't matter what anybody else said. You follow after the Lord because he's the one who's going to take care of you and provide the way. And, um, he's the one who's going to, to, to watch out for you. Um, so it's really, you know, really encouraging. Um, we had just a good time with our friends. Um, so we're really hoping, you know, uh, people can get a little more into the ideas of, of talking more about the Lord and encouraging each other, um, because it's really the lifeblood of who we are as believers. And without it, without that encouragement, um, this world's enough. It's easily discouraging. Um, it can, it pulls you every which way. For sure. All right. So, uh, well, thank you once again for listening to the podcast. If you're at the end of this episode, uh, I don't, I still hadn't come up with a name for it yet, but I will. Um, we would encourage you to please subscribe to the uh, podcast. It kind of keeps things moving along. Um, join us on Facebook. You can, uh, comment on the episodes. Um, you can laugh at us, whatever you want to do. We don't care. Um, we're here for the glory of God and the glory of God alone. I would encourage you if you're at this point and you've never been, uh, uh saved a born again believer, uh, um, to give your life to Jesus Christ. Um, God has sacrificed everything for you. Um, he says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that does not mean just me. It's anyone. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is offering you a gift. He is offering you something that doesn't take anything except your life. And he might be pulling on your heart right now. If you feel the 
the pull of the Holy Spirit and the tug of the Holy Spirit, respond. Respond to that. The Bible says that we're to confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That is a guarantee. He will seal you with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And when he comes to call us up, he will bring you along with us. So I'm hoping, you know, that you're getting the gospel. This is the truth that God has offered himself for you. Uh, Take that in. Let it be, uh, you know, food for you. Let it be that water, that living water that springs up the joy uh, in your life. Uh, We hope you'll listen to us again, and we will catch you next time. Bye.